Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to continue our conversation today with Shannon Polson. Shannon has worked with leaders in industries across the country and around the world on managing change, building leadership and grit, and planning for diversity. Shannon is the founder and CEO of the Grit Institute, a leadership development organization dedicated to the whole leader approach to ethical and people-centered performance in times of change and challenge. She is also the author of The Grit Factor, Courage, Resilience, and Leadership in the Most Male-Dominated Organization in the World, which is forthcoming from Harvard Business Review Press in September 2020. We will continue with our conversation with Shannon. Well, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more, Shannon, on what you mean by the whole leader concept. I mean, is that a, is that a model or what, what is the whole leader or a whole person concept? Yeah, and and again, like looking at the the way that I've st- structured both the book and the training is really around this concept of the whole leader. So we start with instead of just going straight into how do you build grit and resilience, right? That's not until phase two, and it's it's one third of phase two. So out of a three phase training, so the first part of the training is really going back and giving yourself the time to do some pretty deep introspective work, like going back and saying, okay, what is looking, I'd like to recommend a lifeline exercise. We look at those events that affect you in positive ways and negative ways and the values that come out of those, how you identify your strengths and weaknesses. And then that leads into, especially once you've started to to pull out some values and and areas of focus, that leads into identifying our core purpose. And I I really think that that's the foundation of success and the foundation of grit. Um, But that that's a whole leader thing, right? That's not just saying, this is what I want to do at work. It's saying, this is who I am. This is who I am as a human. Uh, And then you go into the next phase, which is learning. And in learning, you build your team. None of us do this alone. Um, This is, uh, life is is a social game, right? It's not an individual sport. And so, it, we look really closely at who should be on your team, who should not be on your team, and how you can support others on their teams, which turns out to be just as important to your success as it is to theirs. Um, I also look at the art and science of listening, 
which I think is key to those relationships and that social context piece that is such a part of people's success and ultimately allows you to find the grit that's inside of yourself. Uh, and then finally, we get to building grit and resilience. And from here, I'm borrowing from the Army's Master Resilience Training Exercises in many cases, which is all part of the University of Pennsylvania Positive Psychology Program that's been going on for uh, two or three decades. So some some very specific exercises on building grit and building resilience. And then finally, we go into looking at uh, what we were just talking about with audacity, but then authenticity and adaptability. And I think in terms of the whole leader piece to your question, authenticity means, again, going back to your story, going back to your core purpose and ensuring that the way that you show up to a challenge, that you show up in, a, in an environment is true to who you are. And this is important, especially for people breaking into new fields, no matter uh, what they're, whether it's a, the first woman, the first minority, because it's so easy to take on the mantle of a culture, uh, even if it's at odds with who you are, but it's not a sustainable way to lead. And it's not the way that you bring yourself to the table in the most important way and make your best contribution. So that's where we really look at authenticity much more, um, much more carefully. And I think that's, I would say the story piece and the authenticity piece in particular really are looking at that whole person. It's not just who you are at work, but who you are as a person and how you bring the best of that to whatever it is that uh, you're doing. It sounds like a fantastic program. And I'm curious a little bit about the word resilience. So I'm not attempting to pick your brain on these different <laughs> words like grit, uh, but but tell us a little bit more or, you know, how does the uh, the army or, you know, the armed forces or the training that you mentioned and, you know, what is resilience? Well, it's so interesting because I mean, really, if you look at grit in a more holistic way, I think it is much more akin to resilience um, in, in many ways. Um, Angela Duckworth defines grit as passion and perseverance towards long-term goals. I've always liked to talk about grit as a dogged determination in the face of difficult circumstances. Um, and, and I think right now I prefer my definition because, with all respect to the, those who actually do the research, uh, because we don't know what the long-term is right now. We're in this extremely unusual and uncomfortable situation where we can't see the long-term horizon. And it's causing this both anxiety and fatigue that is um, pretty unique, I think, for a number, for a lot of people and a lot of, uh, a lot of organizations. Um, and uh, But it, it's interesting because as I began these interviews some time ago, I, I wasn't initially going to focus simply on um, military women, but really expand that focus. And I may, may do that later. But one of the women that I talked to early on is an early a climber. And she was on the first women's Everest team. And I said, what do you think of the difference between grit and resilience? And I just thought her answer was fantastic. Um, she said, resilience is like the reed that bends in the wind, but then can stand back up. And grit is the rainy bivouac on the side of the mountain. <laughs> I thought, that's, that's pretty good. And, 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 but that's looking at grit, I would say, more in that first way, that, that slightly less developed way in the sense that it is um, – just gutting through the hard times. And, and there's a component of that that I think is always the case. And maybe that's what makes the slight differentiation between the two. Well, it's a fascinating area of study, which is to understand deeper in a variety of ways, words like grit, bravery, resilience, right? They all overlap in some ways in respect to each other. They're different, I think, ultimately, but they do tend to overlap. 
Well, and, and you know, anything you, you try to understand and that you focus on is something that um, you can internalize a lot more. So I think the, the work of that itself is, uh, is worthwhile. Fantastic. So Shannon, most of our guests have shared with us a story uh, from their lives where they either demonstrated bravery as one of the emotions they felt as they did something or didn't demonstrate bravery and look back with regret or reflection on that particular experience. Do you have a story that you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and I was thinking about this a little bit to, and there's several to pull from, but I think the one that I'll bring up, um, which might resonate a little bit more than walking out to the Apache on the first day, though, that was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, that took bravery, I'm sure, right? To well, be your first, I, mean, uh, I was totally terrified. I mean, I sort of didn't have a choice at that point. I'd signed myself up for it. So I don't know if that 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 counts entirely. There is some momentum that carries you through some of that. But, um, but one place where I didn't have that advantage of momentum carrying me through was my first assignment in the military was um, as the assistant to the assistant operations officer at the 229th Attack Helicopter Regiment at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And I had just graduated from the Apache transition course. I was newly trained. I was excited to fly and to lead and be an aviation leader. And the assignment that you want as a young lieutenant is uh, is a platoon leader assignment. And that is often where young lieutenants are put. And that means that you're actually in charge of people and equipment, in my case, helicopters, all of the maintenance of that equipment, the pilots that fly them. But I was assigned to this staff position where I wasn't even reporting to the major. I was reporting to a captain who reported to the major. And um, and it was really deadening work. I was essentially typing up the appendices to operations orders, not the operations orders themselves, and sometimes putting the uh, presentations into Harvard graphics, if you remember Harvard graphics, <laughs> um, after, you know, after 6 p.m. when other people went home. And and I was so frustrated. And I remember going to the captain that I worked for, and I remember him looking at me and saying, the Army doesn't owe you anything, Lieutenant. And so I, I was going to keep doing the best work I could. And um, I remember the major that I worked for, actually, who was from Boston, <laughs> and, and a nice guy in many other regards. But um, maybe as a sign of the times, I remember once called us all in on a Saturday to work uh, for no apparent reason. And I like to say that the Army doesn't have HR in the same way as other organizations do. <laughs> all, you know, just plugging away at our desks. And he would sort of hold court in the middle of the room and tell us about his childhood in Boston. And then I remember at some point he looked over at me and he said, don't worry, Lieutenant, you'll be married by the time you're 25. And I didn't say anything back. You remember I said yes, sir, to that colonel initially. Um, but I went back to see him the next week and I said, sir, listen, I'm going to keep doing the best job I can at the work I've been doing. I'm really grateful for the feedback that it's a good job, but I think that I can do more. And he looked a little bit surprised. And then he assigned me a rifle range to run like every young lieutenant gets to do and then battalion resources. And I made sure that I hit every single one out of the park. And eventually I took my platoon. And I, and the, the piece in that that was really hard for me to do was to go into his office as this junior, junior person to a field grade officers who's a lot more senior, usually in their mid thirties, you know, there's a 15 year difference typically and uh, of experience and age and, and to go in and, and say, listen, I I, I think I, I had realized that the tact of saying when is a platoon going to open up wasn't going to work. So I needed to ask for more responsibility. And each time I will say, uh, going back to this concept of asking for what you want, the military didn't hand me one thing. I had to ask every single time. I had to earn it every single time. Sometimes I had to ask more than once. 
And every single time I felt this icy fear and dread of asking for my platoon, of asking for my second platoon when it was going, when the other battalion was going to Bosnia and I wanted to go to Bosnia and not be stuck back in, uh, back at Fort Bragg. And when I asked for my company command and each time there was a little bit of pushback and I had to push through and I had to know that I'd earned it and I had to know that it was uh, the right thing to do. And, um, and yet it was terrifying every time. And, I'm I'm grateful that I did. Um, I'm grateful for being brought up in a way that that pushed me that way. But it was exhausting too, you know. Sure, sure, and I can't imagine, but I would imagine it's especially brave in the military because, to your point, they don't have the structures that private or public corporations have, right? That if a boss says something to me I don't like or I think it's disrespectful. I go to HR and I file a complaint, and they investigate it, right? And uh, I'm not trying to characterize the military, but I don't think those type of environments existed. Yeah, no, that that certainly wasn't uh, one that any anyone still feels comfortable with, unfortunately. Um, hopefully the military will address that. But I think the, the real thing, and you know, I don't want to say this had as much to do with being uh, one of the only women, although that was certainly a major factor, uh, knowing that everything that I did was being analyzed and assumptions were being made and all those sorts of things. But but really, as a young leader saying, hey, I, I, I think I can do more than this, more than I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to do a great job at what I'm doing, but I, I need to ask for more. I need to continue to push. And I think that's something that I would really would recommend to to leaders at any stage is to say, hey, are you, are you pushing yourself to take those stretch assignments? Are you pushing yourself to really go beyond what's expected. And, um, and that does take bravery for sure. It's, it's uh, because you'll hear no sometimes and you've got to push through anyway. Right, right. Well, my last question, Shannon, I'd love for you to provide you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your forthcoming book, The Grit Factor, Courage, Resilience, and Leadership in the Most Male-Dominated Organization in the World, which I think we now know is the military. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd love to provide you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about it, as this is a podcast on bravery in the workplace. And I would imagine that anybody looking to find ways or strategies or inspiration or ideas on how to be braver in ways that can help their career, this might be a great resource for them. I think so, Ed. And I will say the reason that I am so incredibly excited to have The Grit Factor coming out is not because of my own experience, but because it's an incredible honor to bring the stories and lessons learned of these other really quite exceptional leaders uh, to to the general public. This is not a book for the military. It's a book for you and for your listeners. And, and these are stories of people who I, I like to think of them as having had, and, and, and my own experience the same, really a double crucible, really. They were in extreme environments with extreme demands, as the military will, will place on anybody. But at the same time, they were coming in and they were really fighting a system that in many cases didn't support them, and in many cases openly antagonized their work. And um, and so there, there's really a double crucible in that. And, and every single thing that these leaders did required bravery. And um, and required grit and required that whole person concept of it if if they were to be successful and if they were to sustain a career. So, so again, um, the phases of commit and learn and launch uh, are really pulled out of those interviews as the things that recurred again and again and again, the things that were clearly critical. So 
it's also supported by the secondary research as well. So the secondary research is is pretty clear that, for example, all of the general officers that succeeded, um, they all succeeded, obviously, if they, they made it that far, um, but they had done the work to own their own stories. They had claimed their own narratives. They had decided that they were going to be in charge of of making use of the raw material that they were given. And if there was adversity, they were going to reframe it and make it into a challenge that they could overcome. And so that's where we start with uh, with the grit factor. It's where we start with the training going for grit at the Grit Institute is taking is accepting that agency that we all have agency over our own stories. And I think these examples will be just uh, oblique enough for for most people who don't have military experience um, to not feel too close to home, but also I think perhaps make the point much more uh, deliberately, maybe or, or or much more deeply that this is something for every single one of us. Well, it sounds fantastic. I think I've pre-ordered it. I typically like to read my guest books before they are on our podcast, but I did not have the opportunity to do that with you, but I really look forward to reading it. Well, thank you, Ed, very much. I'm I'm excited. I think it has uh, incredible synergies with the good work that you're doing around bravery at work. And, um, And you know, the world needs us all to be brave. It needs us all to have grit and stand up for what's right and do the right thing and, and make the hard decisions because that's how we're going to to make to leave this place better than we found it. Well, and that's how this podcast came about because after 12 years as a leadership coach working with successful leaders, while I was not hired to help them be braver, all of them had stories or experiences that they needed to say something they hadn't said or needed to do something they hadn't done. And one of the, and one of the reasons was bravery. They just didn't have the courage or the the process around how to do what they needed to do. And it languished and it became a bigger issue. And it would have been better if they very politely and respectfully said what needed to be said or did what needed to be done earlier. Yes. So, uh, you know, that's why we have folks like you to share their stories with us. Well, it's, it's so important and that's such good work. So thank you. It's really a, a pleasure to find a place where there's such great synergy to the stories of the grit factor as well. Great, great. So Shannon, how can folks get in touch with you if they'd like to hear more about the Grit Factor, the Grit Institute, speaking, the work that you're doing, et cetera? Yeah, you can find an overview at shannonpolson.com. That's shannon, P-O-L-S-O-N.com. Uh, also at thegritinstitute.com. And my two top uh, platforms of choice are LinkedIn at Shannon H. Polson or Twitter at a border life, a border life. And you can find links to all of those on shannonpolson.com. Fantastic. Well, once again, Shannon, thank you so much for your time today and for your great observations about bravery at work. Absolutely, Ed. Such a pleasure. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.